Hi, y'all, and welcome to the podcast. Um, my name is Isaac, and I'm your host. And so I am here today with my lovely mother. Say hi, Mom. Hi. <laughs> she is very um, not into doing this with me. I had to force her to come be on my podcast today. This is true. <laughs> it's more like guilt. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because this is going to be good. You just <laughs> what do you want to talk about yourself to introduce to the world like you're my mom people love you they don't know you but they love you i'm isaac's mom <laughs> oh my gosh okay so today i have a series of questions that i got from cody charles or at least like a blueprint of it from cody charles and when he interviewed it interviewed his mom to find out more about his mom and basically have a intimate conversation with their family to um, kind of learn more about the person who created him. So I wanted to learn more about the person who created me in a lot of different ways. So I have a series of questions for you, mom. Are you willing to answer them? No, we'll see. <laughs> okay, let's start off with something simple. What is your favorite color? My favorite color is green. Why? Uh, no real particular reason. I just like the color green. Okay, you know my favorite color is green, too. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> this is going to be like pulling teeth, isn't it? Pretty much. Okay, great. Pretty this much. is going to be so much fun. Um, So... What were your favorite things to do as a little girl? Uh, I played. I liked to play. Um, we had rules. We had chores. But my sister was only, uh, there was a year difference between us, so I had a playmate. So we played. Okay, why didn't I get a playmate? Mm. <laughs> wasn't meant to be so <laughs> wasn't meant to be <laughs> well um what were you like as a little girl i mean besides the stories that mima have told me about you oh uh, gosh you know it, it's funny you think you remember all that and there's only bits and pieces um that i remember um i remember you know going to school I remember um, when we were little, we um, we would always go and visit um, my father's parents who lived in Muskogee, Oklahoma, mm -hmm. and we had cousins there. And then uh, my mother's family was in Wichita. So my grandmother and grandfather on my mother's side were both in Wichita, so we spent a lot of time there. And then w we also had... Uh, uh, godparents uh, my godmother and her daughter and um, her husband lived in Wichita also so we spent a lot of time there as well um, growing up my godmother babysat us when we um, would come home from school so there was always someone at the house when we got home from school uh, there was always someone there when we left to go to school. We walked. Um, and um, 
that was pretty much it. I mean, you know, we went to school. A school we went to was uh, all-black elementary school. Um, junior high we went to was, um, well, junior high was a little different. But, um, Why so? Well, the year that we started junior high, or my sister started junior high, was the first year they started um, integrating the schools and busing. And my parents didn't want us to be bused. Okay. So they put us in Catholic school. <laughs> so, so we went to the local black Catholic school. I didn't know it was black. Well, it was, it was, it wasn't, it was predominantly black because it was in the hood. The, the <laughs> church was in the hood. The, the school was in the hood. So it was predominantly black. It was small school. It wasn't very big. Wait, so like the stories about you getting in trouble by the nuns and stuff, were they all black nuns? No, no. The nuns, we didn't have any black nuns. That's what the I was nuns thinking. were white, but all the students were predominantly black. Okay. The priests were white too. Yeah. Hmm. So you went to school at a plantation? No, no. <laughs> it was a nice, it was, it was, I mean, you know, they had their rules. It was a Catholic school, so, you know, you had to go and, if you got there before school, they had mass before school. We tried to arrive as mass was letting out, but sometimes <laughs> it didn't happen like that. Uh, we did have to take catechism class. What is catechism? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> never really, uh, never really took hold that class. Never really took hold, so I just attended. <laughs> Oh, I wasn't wow. Catholic. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we only did that. We 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 only attended Catholic school for uh, a year, and then that following year, my parents enrolled us in junior high they wanted us to go to. Uh, so we still weren't bus. Mm -hmm. Was it Catholic though? No, it was it was they put us right back in public school. Okay, we only did Catholic school for a year. Mm. All right. Well, thank you for that. I didn't know that. <laughs> I really didn't know the outlay of your Catholic school, so that's funny. All I heard from Meemaw was like, yeah, they went to Catholic school, and, like, Auntie chose never to talk about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> It was interesting. It was interesting. Okay. So my next question is, you're the most independent person I know. How do you do that? You don't know too many people, huh? You, <laughs> it's like... I mean, it's only been you and me, like, most of my life. So most of the time I see you as this, like, independent person who doesn't, like, rely on other people. But, like, I remember, like, inklings of time where you, like, would hang out with other people. Like, I remember Miss Jovita and Miss Lori next door, and you would go and hang out with them. Um, I know, like, we would visit your friends, but your friends are, like, spread across the country. Yeah, well, that's that's... <laughs> That's what goes along when I think when you're in the military, um, you become kind of a transient because mm -hmm. you move around a lot. Yeah. So when you move around a lot and you meet people in different places and people are reassigned. So you have you may have a wide broth of friends, but you still are not usually located in the same place. Very rarely do you. um come across the same people um, that you've been reassigned with. 
So mm-hmm. it's just the, I mean, you know, it's just, it's just part of it. But I've always been, I've, I've always kind of been like that. Yeah. Because I know, like, your best friends are the ones who, like, like Kelly and um, who was DC's owner? I'm mad <laughs> that I know her by her dog and not by who she is. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I don't know anybody's <laughs> names. They just, like I said, you know, you you run across different people. Um, Kelly's probably my oldest friend because I've known her since high school. Mm-hmm. But remember, well, don't remember. But right after high school, when I went away to college, and after I went away to college, I didn't come back home until. Let's see, I I went away to college in. And I didn't come back home until after you were born. Really? So, right. I but was I mean, never, I was never, I, I went away at college. I was a police officer in Topeka and then out in Colorado. And then I joined the military and then I was gone. So I didn't come back to Wichita until 96. Hmm. I didn't know that. I assume that you would come back and like visit and stuff. Well, yeah, I came back and visit, I mean, but Topeka's never not came that far away. Yeah, I, I, well, no. Well, I worked. Yeah, because you're and a when I, officer. when I, when you work, you only get, especially as a police officer, you know, it's not one of those things where, where you get every holiday off. It doesn't mm-hmm. work like that. You, you get your time off, and it's pretty much that's it. Mm-hmm. So, so I didn't just. Yeah. Run back home. Well, then <laughs> you're raising your eyebrows like I run back home all the time. You don't. <laughs> you don't. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I, I, I mean, you know, I don't think, I think once you grow up to really grow, you have to, you have to kind of step away from home. Yeah. There's a comfort zone in home, but mm-hmm. but you have to step away from that. Yeah. So why are you back home with your mom, Papa now? <laughs> because, um, because as your parents age, um, sometimes they need more help. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you age, you want me to come back and help? Oh you? heck no, <laughs> no, don't worry, <laughs> nip. Don't need that. Mm-mm. I mean, I'll come back and help die. Nope. Nope. I'll send you the dog. Okay. If the dog's still alive. <laughs> but no. <laughs> I'm good. I am good. Oh, my gosh. So would you say, so you said that you're not that independent. Why did you say that? I mean, I, I, think I, you're I am. I'm, I'm independent in the, in the sense that I believe I provide, I can provide for myself. Mm-hmm. And if you mean independent in that way, yes. Okay. So I, we have two different definitions of independent. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe strong-willed is more of what I think you are. Yeah. Or how I view you. I mean, you might not think you're like that. I think I'm, I think I'm really pretty laid back and flexible. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I do. I feel like I'm pretty laid back and flexible. 
says the police officer who became a military person who that doesn't raised that, me. But that doesn't define me. I mean, that's just something I do. That doesn't define me. Okay, but okay, I'm gonna let you have it. I'm not even gonna argue this one. Um, have you ever gotten into a fight? Yeah. Like physical. Yeah. Did you win? Most of the time. <laughs> Uh, the funniest story that I've ever heard about you from somebody else is when I was talking to Relaford, the one from California, one of our cousins, and they would talk about you would go and visit and you would beat them in basketball. It was you and auntie and you would beat them in basketball. And they said that the only time that they've ever been afraid of girls was you and auntie. And I find that hilarious. I, you know, people have selective memories. <laughs> Um, I don't think we were that bad. We were competitive. Mm. We we were raised to be competitive. The family was always, we were always active. We did a lot of stuff. So, um, you know, I, we, we would play with kids on the blocks because back then that's what you did. You didn't have video games. You didn't have... Heck, you didn't want to stay inside and watch TV. TV was three channels, and, <laughs> and, and, and half the time it was news, so you didn't want to watch it. So you, we played outside, and when you play outside, and most of the kids in your block are, are boys, you play what, what they play. So we, would, we were just, it was always about running, jumping, kicking, doing something, um, and we never, you know, we didn't really sit still. We rode bicycles. We, we made our own fun. Mm. Um, and from that, you know, you develop a competitiveness. Um, and, you, and like I said, there was just a year apart from the two of us. So, you know, we hung together. We, we ran track in the summer. We played softball. We played basketball we just we did a lot of stuff hmm. but we also went to church somewhere in there <laughs> you mean yeah yeah church was a strong part of our our, our growing up too mm -hmm. but not catholic church no oh definitely not catholic <laughs> nope we were missionary baptists yes. southern don't forget the southern the, southern's not in there that's southern a misconception it's not southern missionary yes, baptist What's the name of our church? That exactly is Wait. Missionary Baptist. You're thinking about Greater you St. Mary's. You, you you're thinking about you're thinking about white. A lot of the white churches are Southern Baptists. Oh, we're different. This we're is missionary. black. This is Missionary Baptist. We go to the <laughs> Missionary Baptist State Convention. It, I thought it was a Southern Missionary no, Baptist State Convention. No. I don't know why I added South to the end of it. Like because that's what it. you hear. That's what you always hear. That's oh. what you hear on TV. That's what you hear on on, on the radio. You always hear about Southern Baptists. Mm. No. Oh. Okay. Thank you for correcting me because I've been saying it missionary wrong. Missionary Baptist. Missionary Baptist. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> In all of your years on this earth, what is some of the best advice you have been given hmm. 
I mean, you have to, given the time that we grew up in, um, which was really during civil right, the civil rights movement, um, probably the strongest and in, in, in most profound thing that that we got, especially as students growing up in predominantly black schools, was, you know, be proud of who you are, be proud of yourself, be, be proud of your culture, um, be proud of your history. And um, I think those things were probably the, the most profound things that, that stuck with me as far as as you grow, um, you have to have a you have to have something that forms your foundation, that forms your back your backbone, um, and strength was part of it, because you growing up during that time, you constantly saw um, black people being beat down. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to make a conscious choice to not be that person yeah so to not be what person exactly that person that 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 succumbs to being beat down mm-hmm. no matter how much you get beat down yeah you have to get up you have to stand up mm-hmm. and it's not easy it's hard sometimes mm-hmm. gosh lord it's hard sometimes <laughs> but you know um like i said that was probably the most probably the most powerful thing is to always get back up mm-hmm. hmm. you want to know the best advice I've ever gotten from you <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> you want me to say it anyway go ahead stop thinking so much get out of your head get out of your head oh lord <laughs> get out of your head yeah but there's fun. a reason for that mm-hmm. because you've always been that kind of kid mm-hmm you you were always <laughs> you were always worried about someone else mm-hmm. you it was you know it never mattered what you were going through it was always you worrying about oh well what's going to happen to them you were the champion of the underdog hmm. i like that title mm. don't want it anymore but like yeah it's a nice title yeah but it. because of that I think you were always in your head. You were always thinking, always trying not to be how you, always thinking about how you wouldn't be that underdog. Mm. And in trying to always figure out how you wouldn't be that underdog, you were always in your head, always worrying about what's next instead of, being present mm-hmm. still like that <laughs> yeah that's so a... evidently you didn't listen too well okay i'm working <laughs> on it it was like give me the space okay so what's the best advice that you've ever gotten from Mima or papa because i know they would give you completely two different kinds of advice oh my gosh <laughs> um I think probably when I the the best advice I got from him the the one that that I think helped me out the most was when I uh, 
when I was joining the police force and I was really concerned about how they would react to me be, becoming a police officer. <laughs> and uh, they just, you know, they were just um, very supportive. Um, didn't, I mean, if they worried about me, they didn't let on to it because, you know, they they let me, they let me do what I do. And I did what I did. Me, mom, and papa aren't good for that. I know they worry about me constantly, but I would never know. No, because you know, their their faith is strong, mm. and they pray hard. And they that that is the one thing that they do do. And um, there is power in prayer. There is. There really is. Um, so, since we're talking about police officer, <laughs> how is being a police officer and being a black woman? Oh, um, <laughs> it was during that time. There, I was the, I was one of the first women and the first black officer they had. So. The first black officer, right? Like the first, very first, first black female officer. Okay, <laughs> like had. I was like, yeah. no, there was, was like, other guys. What? But there <laughs> were other guys, but no, the so first you're black female. So famous and historic. No, and <laughs> well, I mean, it was it was all good. I, it was it was Topeka, so it was it wasn't like it was like a major metropolitan city. Yeah, but it was still the capital, and there was still stuff that that went on. You know, um, I think the biggest thing that always would get me is that I, w- I was usually assigned nights, mm-hmm. which, um, of course, when you're assigned nights, there's a certain element of people that come out at night that sometimes <laughs> don't come out during the daylight hours. So um, so that was always interesting. But I, I mean, I worked with some really good guys um, that were good police officers. You know, I had my share of, of uh, bumps and bruises. I think everybody and a dog always liked to run from me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it it was a learning experience. It was growth. Everything was growth. Mm-hmm. I mean, you learn from, from your experiences, so. Okay. So how about being an airman? Oh, well, that was always... That was always kind of strange because I came into the military when I was older. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't your fresh out of high school, wide-eyed, you know, believe anything. <laughs> you can say anything to me, you know. I wasn't that kind. I was I was older. I had finished college. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't want to go in as an officer. I wanted to go in and enlist it because Why? I didn't want to work. Mm. I I thought officers had to work harder. So I was like, you know, I'd been a cop. I was tired. So I yeah. wanted to go join the military and rest. But don't the officers not work as hard as they must No, they theirs is more management type position. So mm. they're in charge of, yes, not in charge of anything when you're an airman. <laughs> you just go to work and then you're off work. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was good. It was learning. Um, I did... 
I got to travel. That yeah. was one of the big things, one of the big reasons why I went in was because I, I wanted to travel and I wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. And I always, I always was one who liked to push boundaries, so mm-hmm. that's what I did. My stomach is growling and you're making noises. Okay. Um, <laughs> my mom is pointing to the timer because she feels like we're talking too long. But I have more questions. So, <laughs> when you were in the Air Force, you got to play basketball. And you've played basketball forever. In my opinion, it's been forever. I mean, it's... It seemed like forever. Yeah. And so what was so monumental about basketball? What drew you to basketball? Talk to me about basketball. Mm, I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. You know, um, we played, I mean, like I said, in the neighborhood, that's what we did. We just played, me and my sister. That's what we did. We played. And, and because we were so close in age, um, we played we played against the boys together, and it was usually me and her. Um, so basketball was just the thing that I enjoyed most. We also ran track. We did track for years um, from, I think, we started running in the, like the third grade. And, um, hey, me too. Ran all the way through high school. Hey, me too. <laughs> so, so, um, so it was, I mean, you know, Sports, athletics, it gave us a chance to to do things. I saw it as an opportunity to go a little further, to do a little bit more. So um, basketball was what I kind of concentrated on. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to go to, you know, I would go to basketball camps in the summer. And, and uh, I also played softball in the summer. For a while, I you wasn't very. Softball? Yeah, I wasn't very good at softball. <laughs> it, it was, you know, that little ball really got on my nerves. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I did a lot of stuff. But basketball was what I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, we played in high school. In high school, um, we went to state. Got a little visibility. I ran track in high school too. Got a little visibility, and um, um, that kind of helped me get into college. And then from college, I played through college. And then uh, after college, I started working. When I decided to go back into the military, it was like, oh, I I really hadn't thought anything about basketball. But but then, even though I was I was older, it was like, oh, so you can play basketball and you can. Can, they'll pay you to this will be your job <laughs> to pay, play basketball in the military well it wasn't really your job but you got to travel you got to go it wasn't just basketball it was any other sports you got to travel really? you got to go places you got to do things that you know you got out of details because <laughs> you were you were on the basketball team and now had to go to a tournament over the weekend or travel down to another we traveled to a lot of different bases and things. Okay. Which was really good, especially when I, in my first duty assignment because I was in uh, Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So we went down to Hampton. We went up to New York. I mean, we traveled. We, we traveled. That's of course, cool. then the military had money, too. 
<laughs> we weren't engaged in any wars. Uh, so there was a lot more flexibility um, that they don't have as much of right now. Wow. Yeah. So through basketball, I don't know if you want to talk about this or not, but like, I know there's setbacks and stuff that happen when you do like sports and things like that. And how did you overcome those? And how are you overcoming them today? Any setbacks in general? Oh, well, my biggest setbacks. I I had knee injuries. My Mm -hmm. knees took the toll of of um, of years of of basketball, and um, you know the learning experiences that. Um, you have this Superman complex when you're younger mm-hmm. that as you get older, you find out that you're not a, a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> um, that body parts wear and tear, and if you abuse them when you're younger, they will get you back when you get older. Mm. And um, I've, I've paid the price for it. You know, I've had... Uh, um, several knee replacements um some have not gone as well as others but the thing is is it's perseverance you're still here still doing you know i do what i want to do i some things i'm not able to do mm-hmm. but you know it doesn't i try not to to let it keep me down there are other alternatives. There's other ways to do things. You just have to find them. You have to, you have to decide whether or not you're going to be held back. Yeah. Now sometimes my knees decide for me, <laughs> but um, for the most part, I'm I'm still able to do the things that I want to do. Yeah. And I'll keep doing them until I can't anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is going to be you leaving me with the dogs and traveling the country one day. Well. No, I'm always going to have my dog. <laughs> so, but she, okay, but I'm still. But I will <laughs> return your dogs to you. Yes. Okay. So, lighter topic. Let's talk about the dogs because I feel like I talk about the dogs with people, and I don't. I don't feel like they get the same breath of like what I mean, like mean when I say like zero is psychotic. And like you, unfortunate or fortunate, it all depends on how you look at it. You you inherited the the dog gene. Yes, we for as long as I can remember, <laughs> as a kid, we always had a dog. When we first started having dogs, it was no such thing as house dogs. Black people did not let the dogs in the house. That was unheard of. Wait, wait, wait. I want to tell the story about how Auntie, when she wanted that dog the first time, and how she was walking around the block with just a leash and pretending she had a dog. Because people on Papa wouldn't get them a dog. <laughs> you, could go to the, you could go to the fair, and they would have these these leashes that look like harnesses and but they had them like glued where they were like stiff so they were like they were like empty just a leash without any type of animal in it but it was stiff enough that it would make you look like you had something yeah but we did eventually get the dog so and from that point on i i can't i can only remember one period in time when I didn't have a dog, and that was when I was a police officer. 
up in Topeka or when I was in, no, even when I was in college, I had a dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in the dorms, but after we moved out of the dorms, I had a dog. Yeah. So I've, I've always had a dog. It's just right now I have too many of them. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's my fault. Yeah. It is my fault. There's nothing I can do about it. Because I have two of your dogs. I wish I could take them. You will have them. I will have them eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, once I get settled and actually am not as transient as I am now. Mm-hmm. I will take Axel because I love him. He's the most well-behaved dog out of the four. But you have two dogs. I do, and I'm not taking zero. I'm sorry. He has to stay at home. The dog has issues. Zero is zero has little dog syndrome. It's not even little dog syndrome. It's something else. He he has the very bad case of little dog syndrome. I mean, he also has like social like not social anxiety, but separation anxiety to the point that he will destroy things. Well, but he's not the first dog like that. Who was like that before? I've, I've had several dogs that have been like that. All of them were little. Was it, it wasn't Rupert or Randy or a little bit. Uh, yes, it was. Randy used to do that. Randy really did that. Randy was chill. Randy would. Randy would. If the closet door was open, Randy would go up in the closet, <laughs> take a shoe out of the closet, drag it downstairs in front of the the door, the entry door to uh-huh. the house, and chew it and leave it, so that the first thing you saw when you opened that door was that shoe chewed up <laughs> tennis shoes were not cheap no. they still aren't because who no who was it jack no not jack jack was wild look can we talk about jack for a moment because i'm still a little broken up about how that dog left us I'm so there's two instances and I need to like flesh them out on here so people understand how traumatized I was by all of these things. One, Coco. The way that Coco <laughs> went out, I'm still upset about. And y'all told me Coco ran away, but Coco died from heat exhaustion. And y'all didn't tell me until recently. Well, it was you know, some people don't want to talk about traumatic events. It wasn't on purpose. It was an accident. And Coco the dog's died. hair was dreaded. No, no. Coco died from heat exhaustion. It was just Kansas. It's called Kansas. Kansas gets hot. Um, Coco just got overheated, didn't have enough water, had way too much hair, and, the dog had and died of heat exhaustion. That dog had dreadlocks. It, it, was, it was a uh, long-haired uh, Cocker Spaniel whose hair was always cut when we had him. Yeah, but things happen. Anyway, and then Jack. Granted, Jack was a little, had a little bit screws loose. Because remember, I used to try and run with Jack, and then I'd come home and I'd have holes in my shirt. Because Jack wouldn't run. Jack would bite at you (laughs) when you ran. He'd jump up on you and bite at you. Pull on your clothes. And if we ever have an argument, he would attack one of us. But... Jack was Jack was a, a abomination. Jack was supposed to be a Jack Russell that looked more like a Dalmatian than a Jack Russell. But and he was muscular. That dog he, was built. He <laughs> like, was. I think we 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 got bamboozled. We thought we were getting a Jack Russell, and when he was a puppy, he looked like he was, he was Jack adorable. Russell. However, he kept growing, 
and when he kept growing. So I think he he was Jack Russell and something else because he he grew to almost a, a <laughs> almost a large dog, but yeah. definitely a, a upper middle dog. <laughs> So, but Jack was a good, Jack was just kind of had a, maybe a little too much inbreeding. Yeah, a little too he, much. He had a few screws loose, but he was smart. He was very he was smart. smart. He could open doors. He was intelligent. He, was, he could open doors, yes. Okay, last question, and then we can be done. So, um, how was it like raising me? And would you do anything differently? Um... With all the intricacies and complexities of me, Isaac, the complex, intricate human being that I am. You know, the one thing that I would say that I'm, I would probably do different is I probably would have exited military sooner. Um, and I probably wouldn't have made the last move that I made. Mm, the one from Washington to the one, the I probably wouldn't have made the move from Washington to Oklahoma. I probably would have got out in Washington, not necessarily stayed in Washington, mm-hmm. but maybe even contemplated staying in Washington to allow you to finish high school where you started high school. I think that was that was something I had said but I did not stick to and Mm. that was probably one of the biggest things that I would change Mm. but outside of that how was it like raising me um I thought it was I thought it was good I I the one thing the one thing I always liked was the fact that um, being in the military exposed you to a lot of diversity. We lived different places. We traveled different places. I think you saw more um, based on the benefits of me being in the military than you would have seen if I wouldn't have been in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you were able to to travel and go places and do things. But I also think because I was a single parent, it also took away time, um, more time than than maybe I really recognized mm-hmm. um, in, in you growing up. Yeah. So. But I had fun. I think you did. <laughs> I like looking, well, recently I started looking more at, like, pictures from when I was little and, like, all of the places we went to. And I think regardless of how I feel or how I felt before, like, I was genuinely happy and I was a happy child. And, like, I just wanted you to know that because I think that you did a great job, although sometimes I'm the worst. Do you want something? No. Oh, I mean. I thought you were just leading up to something. I mean, I got you in here, which was like 100% of the battle. But um, no, like, I really want you to know that I'm appreciative of you and everything you've done. And like, I know it's not, I know it's hard being my parent. 
I would assume. I don't think it's like the easiest thing in the world. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um. No, I, you know, you, you sit here and, and you, you talk about me and the things I've done, but remember for the last 24 years, I haven't been by myself. No. <laughs> no. There's always been a little creature that has been uh, kind of tagging along. Yeah. So a lot of the accomplishments that I was able to achieve, I couldn't have done without uh, you actually being my motivation. Um, and as you've gotten older, the things that I see you accomplish are, are phenomenal. Um, because they're, they're, they cause me to want to do better. Um, I can honestly say I probably never would have gone back to school and looked at, at getting a, a second master's if it wasn't for you. The first one I had planned, yeah, but, but then as we talked and as you became um, – I think more knowledgeable and with your growth, um, it made me, you know, question some of the things I was doing. And I said, well, maybe this is what I need to do. So, um, I thank you for at least motivating me to go back and, and get my master's in social work because I probably wouldn't have done that. And, you know, the things that you've been able to accomplish, I mean, it is, it's nice when we can sit down and, and talk like two adults <laughs> just as long as you remember that I am still your mother. Right. So uh so yeah, I'm I'm proud of the young man that you have become and proud of the person that you're becoming. Um sometimes I think you lose sight of that. You know, because I want to do better and I expect more from myself because I want to be as great as you are. Uh, get out of your head, Isaac. I know. I know, I know, I know. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciated this. Like, yeah. this is good. It wasn't as painful as I thought it was going to be. Right. You thought there was going to be cameras. You were like, I'm not going on camera. What is this? What are Look. these things? Look, you know, I still am uh, in a different uh, generation. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's okay. I mean, now I can teach you how to listen to the podcast, so you can actually go back and listen to the ones I've done already. I listen to them. No, you See? don't. Do you really? See? See, once again, you sell me short. Well, you said you're from a different generation, so I just assumed you didn't know how to I get just, on my podcast. No, that just means I got to ask somebody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thank you for listening, and Mom, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. All right, I will see you guys next week. Bye. Ta-ta.